Hey everyone, John Clare here. Welcome to episode zero of the EvoFi podcast, a finance podcast for humans. You may ask why it's episode zero, and that's because technically this was recorded before we even had a podcast. This was a test pilot we did back in December, hence all the Star Wars references, since that's when the movie came out and we were all talking about it at the time. But we really wanted to test a concept of creating a podcast where it was a way to make financial concepts a bit easier uh, to discuss and, and less intimidating and maybe with a little bit more personality. So uh, we actually go live in our first episode one, I should say, is slated to be recorded on April 11th, featuring long-term care expert Linda Carruthers. So we hope you'll check us out and download that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can reach us at our email address, evofipodcast at gmail.com. And when we go live on the 11th, we'll also have our Twitter handle and our Instagram account up and running so we can give you that contact information at the time. Anyway, we recorded this and we think that it's still helpful, uh, which is why we're releasing it as a bit of a bonus nugget, if you will. Uh, we just talked about some of the basic concepts that we get asked and questions we get asked all the time as advisors. Uh, you know, what is an advisor? Who sees advisors? What are the things people look for advisors to help them with? What are the services advisors actually provide? What in the heck is that word fiduciary and why is it important? And so we hope you enjoy this uh, initial podcast. It's a bit rough around the edges, but uh, we enjoy doing it and we hope you find it as helpful and as enjoyable as uh, we found making it. Hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening. We're happy to have the Brain Trust with us today, my colleagues at Evolution Advisors, Lauren Zangardi-Haynes and Dave O'Brien. What is going on? Lauren, you were talking about Star Wars beforehand. Yes. No spoilers, but tell us a little bit about what's going on in your house. Uh, well, um, we had a rare date night on Friday. We went to Star Wars, saw The Last Jedi. It was awesome. Then we went to Stella's. With, also with awesome. Your, with your dress kids? Up? What? No, date not night with, with the kids. kids. No, 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 no. Really? Sans okay. kids. It's yeah. Been, yeah. Right. So that's, that's what good. I have. That's why we okay. live near the grandparents. So you, you went to see a children's me movie for a date night? <gasps> yes. But, oh, okay. just you're wrong. Just lost. It was the awesome. Audience. You should go see it. Yeah. And then uh, actually Trek went guy. to go see a band. So I was feeling the like, same night. Yes. You were feeling so young. I. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> music sad. was it? Oh, uh, it was covers like classic rock, things you'd see like Pop Forty radio. It was at rare old times. Okay, was, I was going to say, oh, rare old times, that? right, okay. Yeah, right, it was, was fun, though. We had a good like time. The, the lounge at the Holiday Inn on Broad Street or something. No, but the, when the racist was wearing a pretty awesome Christmas suit with, like, red pants and, like, this white Chris? jacket. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> shout out to Chris. Yeah, hey, babe. We love you. <laughs> no Christmas suits. <laughs> so It was so, fun. We had a good time. That sounds pretty fun. I think I'd like to do that next time, unless, Dave, you've got something better than that. What I do don't know. What, what had you had in mind, John? If you and like, I, I'll take you to the show. And <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you need to not be such a Star Wars hater. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Star Wars hater. I like, like it. Star it's a fable. Trek. See, it's a fable. Yeah, I like science are. fiction. They all are. It falls more into the J.R.R. Tolkien type world, right? You know, the wizards and stuff, which um, just isn't. That's not me. I, li I like Star Trek. Okay, we'll check yeah. this one out because I think you will. Star like Trek it. is actually like history of the future. Mm -hmm that we're watching now.
So here we what go. else? Yeah. All joking aside, what's going on in your world? <sighs> a lot of financial planning, really. That's my hobby. It sounds boring, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you know, Dude, it's not Star Wars, I have to say. But. I'm not going to judge you. I like going to, you know, like professional educational conferences for fun, too. That's, you know. Well, we are all about different personalities here. <laughs> so, so. That's great. That's great. And for me, I did some traveling. Trying oh, to stay yeah. away How from was your Star trip? Wars news. Uh, good. Yeah, we spent uh, 12 hours in the Iceland? car for a 12-hour no? visit. Charlotte. Oh, yeah, right. Down in Charlotte, okay. Yeah, Charlotte. Uh, That's yeah. not really traveling. Yeah, we were That's down That's called a road trip. When you're driving a Traveling is like, yeah, kids. we were in India you know, for three weeks. No, it was no, no. Awesome. When you travel with three small kids, it's an adventure. Also, so that's one word for it. it. That's a euphemism. That's a euphemistic way to put it. It's an yeah. adventure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so we were down there hanging out with the family, and um, they were in a new retirement community, which is awesome, by the way, uh, by the people who do villi- the villages down in Florida. It's a place oh. called Trilogy, and it's, uh, it is pretty sweet down there. There's a restaurant and a bar and a... Wait, do they have golf carts? Oh, yeah. They have electric bikes. Nice. Yeah. On trails, which is dangerous when you get it people seems, who are over 60 yeah. riding electric bikes Those communities on make me think of like, okay, so you're retired and you're living in a college dorm, except you get the better part of it. Like you get the social part of like living in a dorm when you're in college and the parties and all that, but you don't have to share a bathroom with like 20 other people and, you know, live in a 12 by 12 cell, right? Yeah, they're pretty nice. How do they like it? Nice cells. Awesome. So I thought I'd give a quick intro of each of the folks here today, just because nobody knows who who we are, at least uh, that aren't our existing clients or, of ours. Or, or cares. Or cares. <laughs> um, so first, let's start ladies first, Lauren's and Gardy Haynes. We've known Lauren for several years now. We know her as the girl who blew the curve in our CFP classes. You're welcome. Well, Lauren is as sharp as a tack, as you know, and she... Uh, uh, we're happy to have her here with us today, and she is specialist in all things millennial and beyond. And then on the other side of the spectrum, uh, our senior citizen, Dave O'Brien. Um, that also, hurts. That really I hurt, hurt for you, Dave. I'm sorry. Dave and I go way back, back to the GE days, and uh, lucky enough to work with Dave here at Evolution Advisors. Um, so anything you guys want to add before we uh, kick the show off? I'm still stuck on the senior citizen thing. It's hard to believe. Yeah. I will be collecting a pension in seven years. Wow. Yeah. It makes me just feel, you know, and the thing is, is I'm only 37. It just, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which means Lauren's still in high school. Easy. Well, as you can see, we, we, we do have fun together and, uh, we enjoy what we do and, and sharing the good word with all the folks out there. So, and, and actually we're a lot better at it than we are doing podcasts. That's right. You that's, have to give, that's, that's the true. important yeah. thing for everybody to remember for all three of you who are listening. Uh, and, hey, uh, mom, hi <laughs> <laughs> dad. Um, so anyway, so let's go ahead and get started. So, you know, today we thought we'd uh, use episode zero as a, a way to get things started with some basic questions that we get out, you know, get asked all the time and questions that you probably uh, as listeners want to know about, uh, and dealing with a financial advisor or just getting advice from somebody who knows more than you do about uh, financial topics. And um, so we've got a list of a bunch of questions from our listeners. Well, uh, I, I know one of the questions we get asked here in the office a lot is where the bank branch is. Right. Be- because the the bank that used to be headquartered in this building still has their logo on the building. That is a fair People question. People come in here. That is a question that we get asked a lot. Do you want to talk about that? And we do love Village Bank. Um, Village Bank, shout out to our our friends at Village Bank. So, 
Um, as you know, for your veteran podcast listeners, uh, we will have these the script posted on our website, evolutionadvisors.com. That's not right. Ev- evoadvisors.com. That, that's true. E- right. Evoadvisors.com. <laughs> but if you want to give them a different URL for right now, Can that might be the best that? idea. <laughs> yeah. Or Facebook, yeah. our hashtag at... I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Or your MySpace Hashtag account. evoadvice uh, is our uh, Twitter handle, correct? Wow. Yes, at evoadvice. There we go. There you at, go. What's the difference between the ad and the hashtag? Yeah, the hashtag, hashtag looks like, like the number. It's like tic-tac-toe, yeah. the way that okay. you would view it. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we want to be able to have you guys reach us, and uh, so let us know what you think, and um, hopefully we'll make more of these. We'll have some of our special friends from town and out of town come in and talk about topics that matter to you guys. All right, so let's throw the first topic out there. This is the big one. What is a financial advisor? That is the big one. You have to. You want to start with the, the big one first. Who wants so to take it, Dave? In the form of a question. Um, it kind of makes me in a Star Wars vein kind of be like a Yoda type thing, right? Do it. No, oh, I can't because I'm not a Star Wars guy. So one of you would have to. I'm looking at Lauren. I'm looking at John. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So we, won't, we, won't, we, we, we will not put it in the form of a question. Um, so what's a financial advisor? Was that the question? Yes. So I guess the, the, you know, the issue is really, if you think about it, the, the question that people have is, so there are all these people who are financial whatevers. What's the difference? And there's a lot of confusion out there. And there are a lot of people out there who are in this whole kind of field. I wouldn't call it a profession, wouldn't call it an industry, because there's an industry and there's a profession. And what it really comes down to is there are two types of people that can talk with you about your money and the intersection of money and your life. Some of those people are salespeople and some of those people work for you solely in your best interest. And that's kind of where I guess we could start talking. Okay. So does that mean a salesperson doesn't have my best interest at, at heart? Not necessarily, right? You know, I mean, <clears throat> I was talking with one of our clients this morning who recently had to buy a car for their daughter and, um, you know, people say all kinds of things about salespeople. Some of them absolutely have your best interest in heart. But the point is, is that we used to in this country have people who call themselves brokers, you know, stock brokers, and they sold stocks and they made a commission off of that. And you went to your stockbroker and you, you know, asked them what you should buy and sell. And you knew that they were making commission off of that. And sometimes you thought, well, hmm, you know, you're telling me to do this and how much you're making off of that. And you kind of had this transparent relationship. Um, Back in the 80s, a lot of that started to change when there was this whole shift towards advisors and advice, and you have a lot of different terminology out there as to what people call themselves. And so that's where we stand today, right? There's a lot of confusion. Investors don't really understand, and not just investors, people, right? People who want advice about, help me figure out how I will be able to get what I want in the future. Here's what I'm doing today, and I don't know if that's right or wrong. Maybe I have an interest in it, but I don't have the time. Or maybe I have the time, but I just don't have the interest. And I want somebody who is a professional and knows a lot more about this and spends their whole time on it, and I want their help. Okay. Lauren, do you have anything you want to add to what Dave said? Yeah, I think Dave is, you know, Right there. I mean, I agree with Dave. What I think that we are lacking today is, is that 
pretty much anybody can call themselves a financial advisor. So it's become a meaningless term. And how do you know if someone is actually qualified to give you advice or if someone is representing their company and trying to sell you a product? And um, not that selling a product is bad, but you just need to know where their interest, how they align with you or not. So um, I think there's this concept out there with some people like Carl Richards talking about the secret society of real financial advisors. And it's sort of along the lines of someone saying, okay, well, what's, you want to retire, so tell me how much you want to spend, and I'm going to plug in some mutual funds and maybe a couple of annuities, and boom, that's done. Whereas a financial, a real financial advisor or financial planner might say, okay, well, well tell me, why do you want to do that? How did you come up with that number? What's important to you about money? What's important to you about that number? You know, what are you trying to achieve here? And, and take it in a, a much broader direction. So, so when you hear the terms out there, financial advisor, financial advisor, wealth manager, um, financial consultant, what is the difference out there in terms of, I think you've already answered that question, but any guidance you can give our listeners on the difference? So I can go all like geek on that one. So why stop? Uh, that's, that's true. So I'll, I'll, uh, so you need to understand what services you want. Right. And, and, um, from our experience, you know, Lauren, to your point, you know, people really want to help figuring out what they want to do in the future. Um, and that really describes what a certified financial planner practitioner, um, who's providing ongoing advice and who's signed a fiduciary oath to their client, which describes a NAPFA registered financial advisor perfectly. But advisor can be spelled two ways. Their advisors with an E, which are actually firms and people who are registered and subject to the uh, Advisors Act of 1940. They are um, under the oversight of the Securities and Exchange Commission or a state, and by law they are held to a fiduciary standard. Um, there are advisors with an or, with an O, rather. That's or, or. meaningless, you know, that, and, and that's actually a meaningless term. Um, financial planner, that's a meaningless term. Investment advisor, wealth manager, the, all of those have absolutely no definition under law that you can say if somebody is one of these, then they're going to do that and they're going to behave in this way. And you can't say that with somebody who says that they're an attorney at law. You can't do that with somebody who says that they are a medical doctor, but you can do that with all of these terms. So then we say, well, then how can consumers understand who they're working with? Well, if they're a CFP professional, that means that they have the CFP with a registration mark after the name. It means that they have had to meet a certain level of education, experience, and exam requirement, 30 hours in continuing education every year. If they are a NAFA registered financial advisor, it is all of those things Plus, they have 60 hours of continuing education a year and rigorous standards that actually only 2% of the practitioners are able to meet and their fee only. You but, remembered all that? That was, that's, that, was, that was good. That was a lot to remember. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I use my brain for. I just you remember useless facts like that. So, so let, me, let me be clear. So, so what we're not saying here is that one type is necessarily bad and the other is good. But I think what we're saying is no. that you have to understand who the loyalty re resides with, with, with whoever you're working for, whether they're a insurance consultant or a financial planner and understanding what, who, maybe 
what their incentive is to provide advice or product and making sure that's in line with what your, what your right. needs there, are. There are people who represent their employers yeah. and there are people who represent their clients. Yeah. And that's actually a legal definition. There's a difference there. If you look at somebody's business card buried down in there somewhere, it might say so-and-so is a registered representative of, you know, fill in the blank, Goldman Sachs, Ameriprise, one of these brokerage firms, or they are an agent of Northwest Mutual Life or some other life insurance company. Those both mean that they have a either agency relationship with or a um, legal representative uh, relationship with a brokerage firm. That's who they represent. If you're working with somebody who's a registered investment advisor, the firm, that means that by law, they are held to a standard called a fiduciary standard, which is about the highest standard of care under law, that they are required to act solely in the best interest of their client. Okay. Pretty simple. Right. So if you have an individual who represents a brokerage firm or an agent, their duty is actually to the firm. Whereas if you have someone who's a registered investment advisor, then their duty is to the client. So so I so let's talk about this. We kind of skipped over questions here, but let's hit fiduciary real quick because I, you know, we've hear, heard this a lot in the news, and the fiduciary standards in, it's out, it's it's around. So talk to talk to us a little bit about in, in uh, like I say, duckies and horsies language, uh, fiduciary, and why that's important to uh, to folks who are looking for advice. Who wants to take that one, Dave? Dave's all over fiduciary standard. I am so. The easiest way I've ever heard this described is if your mom just called you and said that she had just talked with somebody who was a financial advisor or financial planner, and she was going to hire that person, had just hired that person to take care of her whole financial picture. What are the things you would want to know to make sure that that person was taking the right care of your mom? And if somebody's a fiduciary, it means that they are providing advice to your mom or to you, if you're the client, that is not considering how much money they're going to make off of this. They're providing advice that is only considering how the client will be better off because of it. And just like doctors have their oath to do no harm, a fiduciary oath is very clear. It's, I am acting as you would if you had the time and the talent the tools and all of that to do this yourself. So it's a very old concept. It's a very simple concept. And if you're working with somebody who refuses to put in writing that they are a fiduciary to you, then I think you have to start wondering, hmm, how comfortable am I? Why wouldn't they put that in writing? So it's not that they're a bad person. It might just mean that the business model in which they work, the company that they work for, might have some conflicts of interest out there that don't put you first. Any chance they're going to come up with a better word than fiduciary? I get a lot of feedback that that word is um, yeah is difficult to, to say and understand. It's the new F word. <laughs> it's the new. <laughs> some F people word. don't like yeah, it. I guess. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's um it's a funny sounding word with a very uh very good meaning. So you know, don't make fun of the way it sounds. It's kind of like can't help that fee only. It's all, another word that's. It's, it sounds awful, but it actually is one of the better, it means one of the better things out there in terms of how advisors are compensated. But I wish I'd come up with another uh, way to well, like communicate fee-based. that. Fee-based. Fee-based rolls off the tongue pretty well, right? Well, what, what do you think of that? So so all joking aside, not that that was a question, but talk about real quick, because we meet with people all the time that say, oh, no, no, uh, we worked with a fee-based advisor too, so we understand. Sure, same so thing. So in, in, in 30 seconds... 
Okay. Go. If you're fee only, yeah. go. So if you're fee only, it means that you are compensated solely by what your client pays you directly. If you're fee based, it's actually a marketing term. Um, it actually doesn't mean what it says. It means they can charge you commissions and they can charge you fees. So it's a term that was developed by some brokerage firms, some people who are better at marketing than I am, but it doesn't mean that they are fee only. It means that they do charge fees and they also charge commissions and which one they're going to charge you when you might know, you might not know. There might be a lot of hidden fees in there. It's kind of like, do you really want to know what's inside your food? Yeah, you actually probably do. So are there some bad chemicals in there? Same thing with fee-based. Might be some things in there that you don't necessarily want. But it kind of sounds the same, doesn't sounds it? Sounds the same. Sounds. That's why I said these are great marketing people. Yeah. I mean, there's some great people. If you watch their commercials on TV, you know, it's like, hi, we're a big Wall Street firm and... We do the best for our clients, and we really care because we send Christmas cards to you, and we're there for your kids' college graduations. Yeah, and these things sound great. And, and to and, sell them a life insurance policy, right? Yeah, and then you find out, you know, what are they Guaranteed really doing? It's like everything starts with life insurance. And it's like you know, permanent life insurance might not be what you really need. You, know, you sound like Dirty Harry, by the way. Do you Did you lucky? notice that? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that's kind of the the riff to remember here is you know if you're. Uh, Working with one of these slick-talking firms that has, you know, a multi-million dollar advertising budget, do you feel lucky? Are they going to do the right thing for you? And often people think that's the problem is that we, we want to trust people. We want to trust people who say, hey, look, I am in the million-dollar roundtable because I sell a million dollars in insurance premiums a year. And I know because I've been doing this for a long time and I'm going to do the best for you. And I've got these trophies on my wall that show what a great producer I am for my firm. You need to say, wait a minute. <clears throat> if they're getting all these sales awards, does that mean that they're like a good salesman? Or does that mean that they're a really knowledgeable advisor who's always putting their, cl their, their client's best interest first? You know, and it might be, you know, there, there are some very successful fiduciary advisors but if you look at their offices they don't have sales trophies because they don't sell anything all they're selling is their own advice so you have to look at the success in the metrics that their own clients set and that's a harder one to get to because those aren't measured by trophies those are measured by clients that are very happy and comfortable with the advice that they've been getting good answer so i'm going to shift gears a little bit here uh, i'm going to ask lauren a question i'm going to skip over some things here and uh, we, we hear this a lot, too, is people come to us and say, I need a financial advisor, but don't often know what type of services a financial advisor actually provides. So give us an idea of, of, of some of the types of ways that people can invade, invade engage. Invade's probably the slip of the tongue. It's a little aggressive. You really don't want clients invading. Well, we were talking about Star Wars earlier, and I think invasion is on my mind, but about how folks can engage with a financial advisor. Sure. So, you know, a lot of what it comes down to is the trust, meeting with someone that you feel comfortable bearing your soul to in some ways. Not that it needs to be this really um, personal, in-depth conversation right off the bat, but we do find that a lot of our clients, they, 
you know, there's a lot that goes into money, not just the numbers, but also the emotions and the the stories that we talk, tell ourselves and we have within our own families about how we handle money, the way we make decisions with money, and, and what the consequences of those stories that we tell ourselves really end up being and how they manifest in our lives. So when you work with a financial planner, you know, um, a lot of time will be spent figuring out where you want to go. And I don't like to use the, the goals word because it sometimes makes people really nervous because it sounds, it sounds like marketing. It, well, mm-hmm. but it also sounds like if you have a goal and then you don't reach it, then you've failed. Mm-hmm. But really, a lot of times people's goals, they shift. You know, things that we think we want, you know, at 35 or 45 or 55 end up not being what we want when we're 65. or So um, life changes. So it's, it's more like guesses. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of creating a plan, and we and we understand that the, we're making a map, but that the destination might shift, and so we can always change our change course if we need to. And that's really a value of the financial planner is that um, they are walking that path with you. So if you need to course correct, something happens, good or bad, and your life changes, we can help you implement that and make make sure you're still going to get to where you're trying to go. Okay. So, but uh, you know, we do a deep dive on everything from cash flow to insurance. We look at your tax returns. Look at, of course, we're going to look at your investments and what you're holding, and could you save more, or do you need to um, spend more? Sometimes, you know, we have people clients that um, they've done such a great job saving, and we almost have to give them permission to enjoy it a little. I had bit. one of those today, actually. It was. Your plan looks too good. Go spend <laughs> yeah. some money. Please spend right. money. And it's, it's yeah. a challenge, as you guys both know, sometimes to, to find ways to do that. Well, one of the well, saddest yeah. things sometimes is when, you know, somebody really gets on in the years and, um, you know, they're in their 80s, 90s, and they lived really, really frugally and nobody knew they had a ton of assets. They had saved them up and they never touched them. And you kind of feel sorry. It's like, oh, you know, you should have lived a little. You know, maybe they had a full, fulfilling life, but sometimes you think, you know, it's important to make sure that people actually, you know, bear the, bear the fruit of all their work. Well, it's kind of the whole millionaire next door thing is people get to that point by being frugal and it's hard to shift yeah. into not being that way. Sure. And a lot of times if you do have a really strong savings discipline, it can be hard to, to shift yeah. the, your money mindset from, you know. Money mindset. Is that a trademark term? I like that. Not not trademarked by me. <laughs> it might be trademarked by somebody else. <laughs> Trademark pending. Federal registration mark. But now it's pending. <laughs> so is it weird that our producer is drinking beer out in the hallway right now? Is it that bad? Well, we don't, don't know what the three members or maybe now two members are I think are, it's going well, actually. Everybody. But, you know, it, it, you turn that around, though. So, Lauren, you're right. I mean, sometimes we need to help people um, be comfortable with living a lifestyle that they can actually afford, which is more than they are comfortable spending. Often, though, a good financial planner is going to help a client um, realize that the lifestyle that they're spending on today might be reducing the lifestyle they can afford to spend on in the future. And so similar to a personal trainer to get you in better fitness habits or a nutritionist to make sure that you're eating well, and not indulging too much, a good financial planner is going to be a coach to help you understand how the actions that you take today with the amount that you save and the amount that you spend are going to impact on your future, potentially in a pretty big way. All right. So I get I get kind of what a financial advisor, or planner, or fiduciary can do. Um, 
So walk me through someone comes in the door. What specifically, what are the services that someone can expect to engage an advisor in? Um, you, we can, you can use our firm as an example. Um, but, you know, we've heard, you know, there's, uh, I don't want to pay 1%. Uh, you know, there's an asset management model. There's the flat fee model. There's, you know, you can pay uh, an advisor a fee to, pr- to put together a plan. Um, but what, what, what generally can folks expect uh, when they meet with an advisor uh, and, and maybe some of the range of things that they can expect uh, beyond what I've mentioned? Well, I would characterize Evo Advisors as a true planning first firm. So all of our clients that come through the door, we're going to spend that time to really get to know them and get to know where they're going and create that deep dive financial plan for them. Um, while clients can then decide to implement it on their own if they want to, we give all the tools necessary to do that. A lot of our clients decide that they don't really have the time or the interest to do that for themselves. So we can help them implement the plan and um, and help sort of serve as a financial quarterback. So there's a lot of moving pieces, coordinating with your CPA, coordinating with your insurance agent, coordinating with your attorney, your state attorney, handling your investments, talking to HR if we need to, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> get stock options. Did that today. And, <laughs> so it really runs the gamut. If it's touching your financial life, then, you know, we um, can be involved to help clients facilitate and make their lives easier. So in that, in that, in that model, just not to belabor the point, but folks can expect to come in and, and pay sort of some sort of upfront costs. And uh, many of the firms that we know folks in, you know, there's an upfront cost to do the quote unquote plan. And then oftentimes to do the initial plan to the initial plan. Yeah, sure. And then some sort of way to, to then engage with the advisor on an ongoing basis. And uh, we've all heard of firms, oh, no, they do the plan for free, right? We've heard this before. And so I always like to say, well, sometimes you get what you pay for, and, and that's yeah. something really you do. want to do your homework. You really on. do. I think if you're getting a free plan, you're getting a sales pitch. Yeah. You gotta yeah. Get, they got to get yeah. paid. <laughs> well, and, and one thing that I think a lot of people who haven't been through the process don't understand uh, very justifiably is how much time it takes to take a look at everything that you are, have, and want, and put that together, making sure that all those parts play well together to achieve your long-term goals, or at least can point you in that reasonably, uh, point you in that direction. And so where there are firms that will do it for free, uh, but what that is is something that maybe took them like 30 minutes. They banged some stuff into a computer program, and it gave some output, and there you go. And that's not advice. So, so we're actually uh, kind of running low on time, actually. And so, uh, I'm going to throw one last wild card out to you guys, and it's not on the uh, question sheet. No, uh, but, but if you had to give one uh, bit of advice to someone who's thinking about working with an advisor, or planner, or insert term here, what would it be? And we'll start with uh, ladies first. Have Lauren uh, uh, and take a moment to ponder, if you will. And we can edit it out if you want to re-record it. <laughs> Five minutes no, later. I know. Yeah, TikTok. Uh, actually, I think that my number one advice would be that the planner that you select needs to be someone that you enjoy meeting with. Because if, it, if you end up in a room with someone who's talking down to you or is only talking to one partner, that's probably not going to be a good fit for you. So you definitely want a planner that you can connect with and um, that you can 
feel comfortable saying, you know what, can, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I need you to break that down for me. Or hopefully that question won't have to be asked. But a lot of times, you know, we don't, we're, a lot of us are experts in our career. We don't have to be experts at money. So we can outsource that too. What will you do, actually? Yeah. Well, I because that is your technically career, yeah. I do. Yes. Actually, <laughs> Dave, what about you? Yeah, I, I think in addition to that, you have to look at somebody's level of knowledge. You, know, you really have to make sure that the person that you're going to be hiring to provide you with advice on something that's this important actually knows what they're doing. And so there are credentials that you can look at, right? We talked about CFP practitioner and not for registered financial advisor. Those are two to me that are kind of the, the entry point. And then you have to say, all right, now within this small, less than 3,500 person pool, which of these people is going to work the way that I want to work and have knowledge in the area that I need advice. You know, if, if, um, you have some unique circumstances, you need to start asking that person, have you ever worked with, you know, an executive that has bizarre stock compensation? Bizarre might not be the right word, but maybe to the client it feels that way because a lot of people think, you know, I don't know what's going on here. So you really need to make sure that the person's skilled, just like you would go to, you know, if, let's not use the medical analogy, but let's use, you know, you want to, you know, put an addition on your house. It's like, well, you know, have you done many additions or, or do you just do kitchen, re, you know, renovations? You want somebody who's got the skills and has done it before and the building hasn't fallen down. So you want to make sure that your plan doesn't fall down when you meet with a planner. Seems like good advice. The only thing that I'll add, since I didn't get to answer and I will, is just to add on to what Lauren said. Uh, oftentimes, you know, how, how do you develop the rapport? You know, how do you find someone you're comfortable with? And, and oftentimes it takes more than one sit down. And I think one of the things that, that I like about this profession is that there is no, there's not necessarily a rush. I mean, you're really looking to, for a long-term relationship. And if it takes a couple of meetings for you to get the personality of, of the advisor, I see like I snuck personality in there. But but um, but that's very important. And part of the reason why we're trying to do this podcast as well is it is about a relationship and how do you learn about that advisor or advisor um, just in one meeting. So, um, all right. So, you know, overall, you know, I think, what do you think about the first podcast? Uh, um, pretty good. Good job. Okay. Awful. What do you think? Well, no, I thought this, you know, was, uh, was I, I hope that people got some value out of it, right? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, you covered like a couple of topics, entry level, water is kind of shallow, you know, and, and warm, you know, come in, start learning about what to expect if you're looking to hire an advisor. I think there are a lot of people out there who, you know, have been putting it off because uh, they're there like I used to be when I was looking for an advisor, kind of cynical because they don't want to be sold to yep. and they just don't know where to look. Um, it's a good start here. Good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming next. Lauren's the truth teller. She's going to say if it stunk or not, but I feel like we did a pretty good job. No, I think it was good. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having so me. So I want to thank Dave O'Brien and Lauren Zagardi Haynes uh, for coming. I think they'll be guests on pretty much all the podcasts going forward, along with some special folks in town uh, on certain topics. To check out future podcasts uh, as they come out, check out our website, evoadvisors.com. Glad you got that right this or time. Or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, send us questions through the website uh, or through our Twitter handle. Help me, Lauren. At Evo Advice. Good. Or you can email my team at evoadvisors.com. Advisors with an E. 
or you can call Dave at home at <laughs> just kidding anyway call hey call Dave at home <laughs>